0: January 2023 was a milestone month for the ALMA Café and me personally, as Jono Tate and I embarked upon a new podcast series in which we hope to unpack the history and the charm of the ALMA Café in Rosebank, Cape Town. If you're listening to this podcast, you'd be well aware of the special place that the ALMA has in Cape Town and more broadly South Africa as a premier music venue for upcoming as well as very well established South African and international artists. I'd approached Jono Tate, the son of Richard and Rita Tate, with a view to build an archive of stories with the guests and the family to go a bit deeper into the venue and to understand how the Alma has become such an integral part of the music scene here in Cape Town. And for me personally, my monthly life here in Cape Town, routinely visiting once or twice a month as a guest. And what a journey it was, speaking to the likes of Arno Carstens, James Stewart, John Ellis and Albert Frost, as well as a deep dive with Jono, Richard and Rita, looking back at the history of the venue and how it became a music venue over a period of time. There were many stories told and captured, some funny, some poignant, some very, very sad. Throughout the conversations, we were reminded of how fortunate we are to have the gift of music and the availability of music venues, such as the Alma. However, these can never be taken for granted, as the challenges for both the live musicians who perform there and for music venues becomes increasingly challenging. We heard from Arno Carstens in particular about the music model in 2023 and how it impacts and can discriminate against the artists from earning a meaningful income. We heard frequently about the challenges faced by local music venues just to keep the doors open. And these will remain challenges in the world and era of Spotify, of YouTube, live streaming and so forth. And for every Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran, there are countless other musicians who are just trying to find their way to record their songs, harness their talent and seek places to share their stories and music. It's not an easy world or life that's been chosen by these musicians or by the host organizations that are trying to keep the doors open. We recorded six episodes before taking a hiatus and one of the lost episodes, or rather let's call it one of the episodes we chose to hold back, was the extended second part of our conversation with Rita, the Queen of the Alma, as she went into a deep dive around the many local and international artists who have graced the small but nevertheless functional stage at the Alma. It was a chaotic second part of the interview with her with frequent interruptions from Richard who would ultimately come in and actually join us and pick up the mic, properly joining the conversation. But it was a really spontaneous and enjoyable reflection on a truly amazing cast of musicians and reflecting the abundance of talent that has graced the Alma. It's also clear to me that some of the most special moments have come from some of the lesser known names and voices among a cast of thousands I've trodden those boards and more than anything, it was really a fun conversation. As I say, somewhat chaotic, but really fun. And I hope you'll take this opportunity to close out 2023 with myself, Peter Armad, with Richard, Rita and Jono Tate, with some of the reflections from all of them, as they take us down the rabbit hole, some of the most memorable nights at the Alma. I absolutely loved putting this together. It's a very light edit. And as always, there's some choice words in there. But nevertheless, the passion and the importance of the alma I think is beautifully conveyed in the next 40 minutes or so. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode.
1: What your favourite gig was, because you, you never don't talk about it, and I can't believe you're not mentioning it now, was the Pit Buerta gig.
2: Oh, I will still get there. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pit Buerta, you know his name? He came in here and he had guys who played with him on all his albums, two young brothers, the Martin brothers, Jonathan and Aidan. And I was listening to Pitt's music just because he was a superb musician in Afrikaans. He was the daddy of Afrikaans rock and roll. He really was. He came here for a gig and the first time he came here for a gig, we warned him, we said, remember you used to playing in different, like maybe loud, noisy venues. This is gonna go very quiet. And when he came off the stage, he said to Richard in this very rough voice, but you know, is He was not used to that. And we said to him, no, this is how it is. They are listening. And when the whole room stood up at the end of the night, he was just smiling. And right. then he came here for like a third gig or a fourth gig and he said to Richard, Ach, shame these two brothers, my they're like my adopted children. They, their gig was cancelled in Melkbos. Do you mind if they just join me? I've got Jake Grunewald Who's the guy in the Rolling Stones who you have seen, the curly haired guy who does the Stones gig? I think you've watched He's that.
1: Who's actually married to Pete's youngest daughter? Yeah,
2: oh. the two of them were going to play, and then he said, "Ah, oh, Richard, I've got these two. Do you mind if they join us?" And Richard said, "Pete, I don't care what you do," and he said, oh, "Look, these songs, don't worry, they're not going to mess up." So Richard put the four little bar chairs out, the musicians' chairs, which were actually built to suit a musician sitting down with a guitar. The right height, Richard designed them, and a very nice man built them. These four just sat and swung songs around the whole night because they knew each other's music. And it was all acoustic, four acoustic guitar, four voices, harmonies. It was probably one of these shows ever, and never to be repeated because it was totally spontaneous, Everything and people about. talk about that. There's a guy in Stellenbosch who's very involved in music and looking after musicians and giving them space to practice on his farm when they get kicked out everywhere else. And he's formed little bands, good stuff. And every day on the year, on the anniversary of that special gig, he places something on Facebook nice. about that gig. And it's now 10, 11 years. Sure. And then he sure. says, who of you remember? And then people start commenting on that gig so not just the Afrikaans guys I mean jazz bands who came here PJ very very special do you want to tell about the PJ so So, the guy who plays guitar with her approaches and we were quite in awe and (laughs) you know (laughs) okay you're speaking to you're gonna do a very small audience very small room he's never been here she came here and did the first night, she was stunned. She stopped at the door said, is this the place? And we said, yeah. And I was kind of, oh, my goodness, what's wrong? And she said, is it so tiny? I am going to, I can't swear now. No, I can think. Say whatever you
0: like. I think <laughs> your, us- your husband's made sure that we now run <laughs> yeah, an we're, explicit we're, we're rating.
2: <laughs> well, she said, I- I'm just not going to cope sitting so close to people. And we thought, what, is she going to walk away? And then she said, "Are you, you guys, you're really, where can I go? My nerves are shot now. So she sat in the kitchen with us. In the back in the madness Interesting, hey? and wow. she was overwhelmed and we were just talking non-stop and when she climbed on stage she said um i am scared shitless to be here so close to you i can see your eyeballs i have not done this for years in my life i don't know you're gonna have to help me so she won her audience over and it was just before the last world cup that we kind of had to win for this country because the country was, remember, oh, like, if only we can win the World Cup. And then she ended up with the World in Union. How and beautiful. the audience wow. cried right. like one man. Big guys who were here, who just, just wept. Plans. How their eyes <laughs> He was standing behind the counter <laughs> crying his eyes out. She ran into the kitchen, burst into, Tears, clung into no, Jonathan. I, yeah, I ran into the kitchen
1: because I didn't want to stand. And she said, "John, the John." Like then she ran in. She saw me. She's like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, "And and and kind of tried to keep a straight face." And he came <laughs> and he said, "They want to speak to you. They want to buy CDs." So you must come out. She said, "No, I'm, I'm too much." And she said, "And Tigger said, What just happened in this place?'" And I said, magic. "I don't know either, mm-hmm. but magic, yeah, magic. pure magic." And it was that emotion of people waiting for some small miracle in this country. And if we can only win this World Cup, there will be unity again. And she just brought it, because she's a big rugby fan. And remember, she sang the song. The
0: song of We're May not five. saying that
1: Alma Cafe mm-hmm. got the Springboks to win the World Cup.
0: I thought but. I heard that. I thought, <laughs> I thought I heard your dad
1: shouting that like, from all the,
0: all the side. But those kind <laughs>
2: of special things. And then another very special show. So Come on, was that boys, you've another one
1: to win this year, just indeed, for the record. we coming up soon. Eh?
2: Tananas having ah, the Tananas Steve tribute, Newman and here, Steve Newman yeah, that was, Tananas that was a great tribute name. because yeah. we knew Tananas so in real beautiful. life, I loved them. What we've
1: been able to do here, like with that PJ gig, like that Tananas thing, like the Puerta gig, not every time, but like a much higher hit rate than than would class it as coincidental. We managed to hit those lightning in a bottle moments. You know, when things go right here, they go spectacularly right, and they tend to do that more often than not.
2: Ridge Miros is another oh, one. Oh, God. Yeah. Guy from the UK who we, I vaguely heard his name a few times because we listened to a program on, which is now on Cape Talk about 60s and 70s music on Saturday nights. I heard his name mentioned a few times, and then someone approached us, Gavin Minter actually, and said, This guy is coming for his 60th birthday. He's being flown out. Reg Miros, folk singer, UK folk singer, extremely well known in the folk circuit. Um, he wants a tiny little venue to play one gig in Cape Town. Never been in Cape Town. So we said, yeah, bring it on. So we went and Googled and saw this guy played the Royal Albert Hall. Well, so
1: Royal Albert Hall? <laughs> as you, do you do. know, Yeah, yeah. Like best <laughs> as you mates, do. Best, <laughs> mates, <laughs> yeah. best mates of Pete Townsend.
2: Rich came here. We advertised it very hard and said to people, look at this man's credentials. And he came in here, beautiful, lovely soul. And shiloh noon was the guy who plays his music on cape talk on this program called the magic bus he came across his music long ago and started featuring so that's where i picked it up a few times and i contacted shiloh and said you might think this is an april fool's joke but rich Murros is coming to south africa and he's playing in our cafe and he said well i've heard about your cafe and can i come can i mc it because i'm dying to meet rich Miras myself and hear him live so that all came together. He drove here for that gig. He introduced Rich Miros and talked about how he came across his music, very personal. And then Rich did his show and his songs are absolutely stunning. Fantastic. Beyond beautiful storytelling people wouldn't let him go. It was a Sunday night. We still sat here till half past 10, quarter to 11. They wouldn't let him stop singing. A lot of his songs have little choruses, very catchy melodies, and he got the audience to sing along. And all the audience wanted to do was sing with this incredible man and his stories. Rich went back to the UK and he loved Cape Town and he came back a year later and we said two gigs this time. Based on what we wrote and how it was put on email, It sold out and we had a repeat of that. Except that one of those nights, we also had a folk duo in Cape Town called The Portraits, who we met. And we said to the portraits, they always come to a show when they come here. And we said, come to Reg's show. So they met Reg, and the outcome was that they have opened shows for him in the UK on the folk scene. So again, a beautiful
0: serendipity serendipity again. There's that word again. again.
2: We've had some other overseas people. I mean we had a group here called the Flying Bantu from Zimbabwe. We Dave Cousins from
1: Straws.
2: Yeah. Oh that's a good Did one. Did you not mention that one? No, I don't
1: think No, you. I think I forgot too.
2: You wanna to tell about
1: <laughs> No he actually sang with Dave. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, we get Dad and I Dad and I have basically become Dave's backing vocalists for Again, some the America. same
2: guy, Shiloh Noon. He is a big Straub's fan, and he always plays their music on Saturday nights. And he phoned me up, and we were actually close that time. And he said, this guy from Straub's is coming over. He's going to do one big gig at the amphitheater in Stellenbosch, one in in a house concert in Hermanus. I would like him to play the Alma Cafe. And I said, are you pulling my leg, Dave Cousins? Isn't he dead? And he said, No. He's coming and he wants to sing solo. And I said, Chilo, okay, we're on holiday. But no, don't worry about that. We'll open Chilo, the venue. That's true. We literally opened, you know, opened in January. <laughs> we opened in <you> know, a holiday. <laughs> yeah. When we put it out, most people who phoned, us said, are you pulling our you leg? Joking? Yeah. Can't be. It booked like, <laughs> it was so quick.
1: It was a crazy weekend. Holy shit.
2: And people came here yeah. with no, their old I, albums. Because I was
1: booked to do the sound in Havana. In Havana, Yeah. Then he played here.
2: He came here on the Friday night.
1: He played on the Sunday night, but on the Saturday night, I was in a minus doing sound for him. Met him, asked him a bit about how this one song that I remember from my dad having played it in a tribute gig when I was three years old. I remembered this song, and then I realised it was him, and I went, "Oh
3: fuck!" <laughs>
1: and then <laughs> didn't you harmonise? Well, bit? then I then I so I kind of was listening a little bit, and then when I met him in in Hermanus, and I said, "Hey, I, I just wanted to say it, like." the way you figured those harmonies out was really clever. You know, it took me a little, it took me more than just half a second of listening to it to figure it like that was smartly written. And he kind of checked me out. He's like, okay, all right. And then the next night he came here and he sound checked and dad and I just banged in the harmonies and he kind of goes okay, do you guys want to come play the amphitheater with me tomorrow night? Mm-hmm. And that was on the Monday. So then the Monday, off we trooped to, what's okay. it, the Libertas?
2: With Skalky Bear. With yeah. Skalky
1: Bear. So yeah. there's the four of us sitting on stage with Dave Cousins, like singing his tunes with him in front of a sold-out amphitheater. It's just
2: But mental. I mean, the response, yeah. yeah, and he loved this place. And people brought their old dusty albums for Oof, him to yeah, sign, man. the old <laughs> Straub's albums. And this guy, he's quite sickly now. He was actually going to come... In March, we had a date. We heard that he's very sick. But that story also went on because he found Skalk and he just said, you are one of the best bass players I've ever played with in my life. He got Skalk to, over the distance, record an album with him and they finished the album work last year. And he said to Skalk, let's just do one gig. He brought the
1: keyboardist with him. When they came last year, that wasn't to finish the previous album. But so they did, a, they did an album during lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Then he came with what's the guy's name? Blue. Blue. Blue.
0: Keyboard Blue. Who? player. Keyboard player did all the big shit with
2: the
1: BGS. Yeah. Basically, the keyboard player behind the BGS.
0: Who played
2: with Was Storbs like was while,
1: was yeah. the previous Straub's keyboard and like Dave's mate. Before Rick Rickleman. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And they, they didn't know. It's them. true. No, it's necessary. true. Dude. These are the fucking We're people. We, <laughs> we mustn't uh, throw around such names. We no, sound like true. we are vintage. And no, it's not
1: vintage. It's just true. It blows our minds just as yeah. much. And here's so so. Dave came down with Blue Weaver yeah. and gets together Skull Q Bear, Moritz and Kevin, Kevin Gibson. Gibson. And they go to a studio for a week and bang out 13 songs. Amazing. And it's like, oh, we just decided to make a record together. And it's like this powerhouse band. Then, of course, no, now we want to do a couple of gigs. Hey, Richard John Dave's gig. doing it. Well, yeah. And then hey, Richard John, Dave's in town, doing a gig at Daisy, the Daisy Jones. Jones Bar, you know, come along. So we get the whole band in here to rehearse. Rehearse
2: for a whole day. Like Literally, a, yeah, it is a
1: bit of a bit of a... And then they nice.
2: played this incredible gig at the Daisy Jones, which can seat about 200 people. Yeah, and it's and, and it's you're, sitting,
1: you're sitting it's on stage packed. with these acts and you're just like, this is a little bit... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the inverse of PJ yeah. Powers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, PJ is our version, you know. She's just the essay version of who they are, you know.
0: I'm, I'm just saying to her reaction. Of, I, oh, I'm, running, yeah. I'm running away here, you're oh. expanding it too.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, another it's, another it's very nice guy Bruce from the States yeah, Bruce, that player, Bruce we Hugh. got phoned by Willem Moller who's the big guitarist you might not know his name he was very prevalent in the full frame movement and he's just stunning. he played for Rodrigues every time Rodriguez came here Willem was a guitar player
0: yeah one of the great blues rock, skit- rock guitar players in the country full
2: stop yeah and he phoned us and he said I got this 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 guy he's a math harp genius of some kind he's coming here I'm trying to put a little band together. We just want to do one gig. The guy just wants one gig in Cape Town. I'm putting Dave Ferguson together, and I said, oh, wow, okay, we haven't had him here, and Willem, and Bruce, and well, it was Willem, Skalk, uh, there Kevin, was Kevin and, and Bruce. Skalk, yeah, amazing lineup." So they come and play this one of gig here, which was, again, mind-blowing. Blow and the
1: fucking roof With
2: off. his mouth up, this guy is a highly recognised blues harp player in the States, highly recognised. And we've never seen him again. It's happened. <laughs> it's those kind of gigs, they are they are obviously highlights. Angel Rose, I cannot oh, forget her. Angel Rose, We Steve Newman said to us, there's this woman, she linked up with me, She's kind of a. Did
1: you ever she, she's watch got that? An incredible background. Did you ever background. watch that, that movie, Twenty Feet from Stardom? No. Oh, okay. Like massive plug. Go watch. Yeah, go watch Twenty Feet yeah. from Stardom.
2: She was a backup singer for Bruce Springsteen. Okay, amongst other things.
1: <laughs> no, folks, so, I wish you could have seen Peter's face on that one. It just so, looked like a you guys brick are just wall throw, You guys
2: are
0: just throwing names around to make well, me look silly. Well, Steve, <laughs> no,
2: Steve just
1: said... We barely believe it as
0: well. Yeah, so Steve yeah. said,
2: I don't know what I'm going to do with this lady, but she got introduced to me. She sounds absolutely delightful. She's coming to Cape Town. She's got a thing about Table Mountain and Cape Town, a very spiritual person. Can we come and do a try-out gig? It will be me... And I can't remember who was received that, that first night. It it? No, it wasn't Ananas, it was ah. Terrell. They rehearsed a little bit jazzy standards with her. She is a phenomenal singer. Absolutely phenomenal. And again, there was just a connection made with her. She loved the venue. The audience went wild for her. We didn't go out and say, hey, she used to sing for Bruce Springsteen. Sure. It was just her personality and her talent that is remarkable. Mm. She came back to Cape Town quite regularly every two years. And eventually she and Richard and Jonathan put a gig together where they sang the songbook, so- the yes. popular songbook Richard songs. Christine as well, huh? yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Christine was another connection like that. She just walked in here one day and heard you guys rehearse a bit. And she said, like, who are these people? And I said, Christine where?" Well, yes. You no, were no, no
1: our connection with her was through Tina skull
2: No. Well, Christine before no, that it was Christine walked in here and heard you and Dad singing, rehearsing a bit with someone, and she spoke to me. She said, Who are they? <laughs> yeah. So
0: <laughs> one is one is, one is my child, the other is my husband. <laughs>
2: ended up singing incredible show with her called um Christine and the flying. What? Well, I
1: mean gee, yeah. Uh, Wonderful. Been in, I've been involved with Christine on and off in a she number of projects. Long. Well, longer now. I remember her giving. She. This is one of those like gets a call. Hi, it's Christine. I've got to play. Um, I've got a gig tomorrow, or oh, in two days' time. It's Carter small Memorial at City Hall. Tina Scow's meant to play, but she's got laryngitis. Tina Bale. Tina Bale. Yeah, so she Tina can't to- do it. Richard, I think Caroline gave her your number. Yeah. And, now you know, the phone, I've given the phone on to my dad who's in the kitchen and he's like, no, sorry, I'm too busy chopping onions, but try Jonathan out. <laughs> I, like, teach him the, I teach him the song. Yeah.
3: That that, that evening, the next day, he
0: goes into Christine and then play this fucking thing.
1: Well, at, on a Tuesday, at, we at meet at and play this song. And, here, and world
2: cameras are set up there for Carter's funeral yeah, I mean, because was he was an international known activist. An and this <laughs> was his favorite song. And now it alludes me. Joe Hill. Um, Joe yeah,
1: Hill. I dreamed I saw Joe Hill. It last was a night. song
2: that was played Joe at Woodstock.
0: From Woodstock.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Beautiful. Did you say you knew Christine song?
1: before? She walked in here before. Christine
2: but. walked in here before. I can't remember Because she used to
1: live just across the road she
2: Mm. came and met someone here and then Mm. she heard you guys sing but she became a wonderful friend for the shop as well her son waited here i mean we i saw him two weeks ago christine in the kilt he was in that show with her where they did scottish stuff with her brother Jonathan. Graham Ware Might Graham. be worth
1: mentioning Graham Ware as well yeah. Very well known actor And singer Passed and away two
2: years ago This December He did His last show ever Was the music of Shakespeare Which he pulled Jonathan into workshop lyrics of the written word into <laughs> songs which they workshop for about 3 weeks i,
0: I thought i'd seen that, that there was some shakespeare thing that was here the one time yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that, yeah that was it, it. Yeah. Okay, that, was, it. Was, that it. was great yeah,
3: he was a sort of
2: um, very
1: white long beard that's
0: the guy yeah. yeah he
2: he and christine had a group in the in the mid '80s, called "Not the Midnight Mass," where they did a cappella work. They got six that. voices. That was Christine and Graham. Where I saw it at Grahamstown, and I just sat there in this dark, dingy, almost like a warehouse in the township. For some amazing. reason, they played in the township, and it was perfect. And I just sat and watched this. Night. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. These voices. So people know them for that, and they did it for a long time. They repeated it every few years, always took top harmony singers and did it. So Christine is in the UK, and we speak to her a lot. And in fact, when she was here last year, they did their Christine and the Flying Lizards. They did two shows oh, what's here. What's
1: lovely is Christine's, Christine's moved, moved across to Scotland and is and writing and composing and has kind of had a, a late... Life blooming of her career because the community over there is just taking to like wow you who are you that comes here and is so incredible Mm -hmm. like where have you Mm been and and she's getting on the radio she's like just getting into the scene there and people are loving what she's doing. But also
2: when we met Christine, she had gone through some hardship and she kind of stopped singing. Oh, that's true. And she started singing. This was one of the places where she started singing again. So it meant a lot to her. Who else was there from usual, from him. overseas? <laughs> a, a guy that Dad remembers, an Irish guy. We can't remember. He's seen him, Jerry. He's a violinist. Jerry Harrison. And again, someone approached us, and we put him in. Who did he come and play with? We can't. With really... his wife
0: for partner. She was. She danced and sang.
2: And there was no local right. musicians no, with him. No, it was just and we Jerry. just gave him it was a chance. Jerry and his wife. And he got, I think he got onto Fine Music Radio and the place was packed and it was out of this world. Lovely. So we've had these like people who drift in here. But I mean, our own local people is the love of our life, you know. Yes. Um Derry Gripper, Guy Buttery, okay, um, of
0: course, yeah. The instrumentalist.
2: Great. Yeah, Farrell Perkus. We had a group here called CH2, or two unbelievable Afrikaans guitarists. I don't know if that little duo still exists. We've made space for the instrumental work. We one night had (laughs) youngsters from UC2 approach us and said, we've got a 12-piece jazz chamber orchestra. Could we come and perform here? And we looked at them like they were insane. We said, this is the stage. They played here. They played here. We had no sound. They stood all the way up to the the bathroom. (laughs) It was magic. And then we had almost a repeat of that last year with a guy that Skalk brought here, Mongolia. We always just talk about mm. out oh, of Mongolia. But nice this guy is a prof ones. of music. He was born in Mongolia. And every few years, Skalk goes over and makes right. music in Mongolia. Right. And he met this guy, and the guy came over here, and Skalk right. happened right. to play a, a very hardcore rock gig here with Mo and Kevin. And the guy was here, and he loved the venue, and he said, I am training a group of students from Hamburg University where I'm teaching to perform the work of a guy called, is Charles, Charles Mingus? Charles Mingus. Charles Mingus.
1: Quite a well-known and jazz A music. 50s yeah.
2: jazz guy.
1: <laughs> so mom, Charles Mingus is one of the guys who yeah. wrote the jazz song.
2: I, He's I mean, very, yeah. very famous. But he made an album. <laughs> he did an album and he didn't, he didn't write one note down. It was completely... It was oh a my live god. Album. They, jazz, they recorded
1: it, a live album and then this chap went and transcribed the whole
2: gig. It took him three years. Yeah. And then decided he, was, he
1: wanted to perform this gig with the with the jazz. So orchestra. he told
2: me that night and I said, oh, no nonsense story. And I said to him, a oh, little bit small, he said, It will be perfect. If I bring this band to South Africa, I'm looking for sponsorship. I want to come and workshop in South Africa at UCT in the townships, waving, very excited. And lo and behold, they call us last year, and we look at this, and here, and Richard said to me, you stuck your neck out and said yes, but we can't. There are 14 of them or 15, 14. 15. And I let the agent know, I said, looking at this now that it's kind of staring us in the face, we, we, we actually just can't. And she said, oh, he's gonna die with disappointment because his big thing is you wanna play in this street cafe with this group of young students. So we eventually decided, okay, in for a penny, in for, let's do it. We could only get 28 people in that, kind of sit in a, almost a semi-circle. semicircle yeah. Because we had two rows of them in front of the stage, because they came with full gear. Hey? And they were, it was their first gig. They had a big workshop at UCT that day, and this was their first actual Fantastic. gig of Charles Mingus's work. And people booked, because jazz lovers know who Charles yeah. Mingus is. They were Unbelievable. And those kids were so excited. They were an elite group at the jazz school in Hamburg. They were handpicked and chosen to learn this music. And they came here for a 10 day tour, and we were the first kids. So, again, it just came to us. If we
1: can draw any thread through anything that we've done and anything that's happened in this place, we haven't gone out looking for any of it. It's kind of, we've, we've, we're
0: just fallen into your street. We're just we just open up, up every day.
2: Sam Singsawito, how can I not talk about him? I think you can. Sam Soweto. when was that fringe thing here?
0: 2017, wasn't 16,
2: 17. We, we were approached ago. by the um,
0: Standard Bank at the time, was the
3: well, it? Well, they festival.
2: used to do a fringe it was the national arts festival. Like fest almost a little after the Grahamstown fest, they would bring mm. it to the yeah, city yeah. hall. And that, that year, they decided to go and perform in the yeah. community. I so they that. approached I us. That. We had it was literally three weeks before it was all going to happen. They were very late, and we already had shows booked in. By that, we, we weren't open in the daytime then. We were only doing music, and we just said, so we can't let this go and we went to a meeting in town and got our list of musicians and there was this guy, Sam Soweto. And when we were talking uh, amongst us to the other people who were doing a bit of music, this one woman said, I'm green with envy that you get Sam Soweto. And I said, I don't know this name. They were completely unknown bands to us. They were a couple of known people. And she said, he is just about the biggest explosive musician. He had a acapella a a band called the soil, soil. Yeah. they performed in question boss for the first time in cape town and people went ballistic and he's got a massive following in the black music fraternity because he's a Euro. so this sounded very exciting and when the news went out and the gigs went got advertised that sam he had two shows here in yeah, that it week it, it booked mental. out like hysteria that this
1: week was mental
2: that whole week, because there we was, did sometimes d- four shows a day. I, d- I think
0: that would be interesting to revisit on a, as a podcast episode, specifically that, that, week, that week and what went
2: on. All those, and yeah, yeah, it yeah. was remarkable. Good call. It was remarkable because there is quite a lot of stories involved there. <laughs> yeah, but the fact much. is, Sam was besides himself, yeah. and
1: he's come back, he's come back, he came back.
2: If we get funding again in April, I'm going to be on to that guy and say, We're going to offer you lots of money. I think we should do nice
1: big fat chunk of that, fly him and down, do whatever it takes Oh, to get
2: it is yeah. out of this world music. Someone fainted on the pavement when he arrived and climbed out of the car. She just like fainted. Mania. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No,
3: for
0: real. They heard it. you were coming, then they got this guy instead.
1: Wow. I watched it happen. He's <laughs> so
2: big. <laughs> I still With follow him. Easy. I mean, Amazing. he's huge. He's wonderful. He sat flat on his bum on the stage with his okay. feet on the ground. He won't sit high. He wants to sit with the high audience. Level. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: If we start to bring the conversation to a conclusion, the one thing I did want to ask you as the mom, how do you feel, how is it when you see your son and your husband playing together? How does that make you feel? How does that make you think about what I think seems to be a very special musical relationship.
2: I'm often very stressed because I know the criticism of themselves and how they react to it if things don't go the way they want it, so I'm a bit stressed. But I think it's very special. I feel sometimes almost a bit disembodied because I'm also very critical of what they do and I give them a lot of feedback, especially the shambles. I like John always says to me, you're going to crack the whip, you're going to crack the whip after Sunday night. No, John, it was just shambles
0: shambolic. Um, shambolic. <laughs>
2: no it is very special I think that's pretty unique maybe to the audience and I think just the fact that the love of music was installed in him from very very young and that he took it on board and that it's such an important part of his life and I think quite a saving grace for both of them to have music and to be able to perform. They love being on stage, both of them. Like you want to see me fall down and faint dead, put me on a stage. I remember one night when Albert Frost played and he had double pneumonia and the doctor said you cannot work. And that Friday night when Albert was here and you weren't here and I suddenly realized Someone's going to introduce Albert on the PA in the mic, and I had to do it. Whew.
1: Who did the sound die 10
2: deaths? Hink.
1: Hink. Oh, that's right. And I had
2: to take that PA because at that stage, that heavy PA was dragged home every night and yep. dragged in and out of the car by Richard. And I had to do it that night. And I remember I was like very scared in the driveway. Oh, my goodness. And Richard this like lying with double pneumonia in the house. But anyway, don't give me mics, don't put me on a stage. It's like, what sitting there so right I admire them much, for yeah. being able to do it and pull it off. And I mean, even when he laughed so much Sunday night, I thought, OK, there we go. I, I'm not going to criticize. No, I think it's very special that they do it. Of course, I, um, I am probably sometimes interfere too much with him and they tell me, you know, on certain terms. Pretend I'm not here. Talk to Peter. Uh, they had another wonderful band together in the early days called For Folk's Sake. Did you talk about that?
0: Briefly, perfect? we did. Yeah, Briefly, which yeah. their
2: poster is up there above the bathroom mm. when he was
1: very young. I was say, you never gave us so much cuck about For Folk's Sake. It was oh, For Folk's Sake was,
2: no, was perfect. They were so perfect. I mean, they rehearsed, they rehearsed oh. so hard because Richard and the other guy, who was Richard's friend, Glenn, they pushed these two youngsters to absolute I mean, they sat in our house and rehearsed, and I heard him do Judy Blue Eyes for, like, five hours.
0: I remember you were saying that's where you were yeah. hardcore drilled. In yeah. terms
1: of I mean, so they came from a theatre background, and, sure. and theatre is a bit different
2: from yeah. live music. So, I mean, they were a wonderful band, and that's mm. when it kind of almost started, the two of you working together. And then came the Neil Young things and some of the other projects. I think
0: that's the picture above the toilet uh, of, that of, was of the, of the photographs for folks' folk sake. It's yeah. a
2: friend of ours who admired them and she had them for house parties and she made that poster from Shot Sheet 2. <laughs> I'm
1: you, just waiting for somebody to pick up on this podcast who's never been to a Cafe, it's like listening from Croatia. This is this a picture above the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> well,
2: it's all real. It's part,
1: yeah. part of the furniture
0: here.
2: Yeah. No, it is how special do, for me. From Yeah. From, from say,
0: Croatia. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to pay for your ticket, however. To see, <laughs> I, to see this place
1: is to believe it. It's, it's
2: well, I, I think difference. the audiences also find it special. I think they find it pretty, you know, unique. It, it and, is. And, it and it the is. same was with Neil Harvey and his son performing together in Blacksmith. It was very special very very special I think his wife came many many nights having heard the music for 40 years she would still come and listen and love it every time because it was her people on the stage you know um, yeah it no, was it,
0: it was beautiful when when the portraits were here when the daughter of
2: yes. the married
0: couple sang at the Step beginning up. did, did yes. a beautiful job on there yes. early yes. I think so early part of her career and was a, 17 now, yeah. She, yeah. Was, she was lovely yeah she
2: was and she does to, so well so our relationship with the portraits is also a good one special. and it's an ongoing one because they come back to Cape Town every couple of years and we always see them they come for tea or they come here and they they don't ever miss not seeing a show. I mean, they came and saw Nibs van der Spee. They also know local music very well. They're actually so on top of local music. They follow South African music. They're very special. NIPS is another one we can't leave out. NIPS, don't know if you've ever come across his work, but just that utterly Nibs special. van der Spee, is it? Nibs van der Spee, yeah. beautiful just, we've, we've, performer. By
1: virtue, again, to come back to, you know, we've just managed to stick around and keep the doors open. We've pretty much had the opportunity to meet everyone and anyone.
2: A lot know? of the good like, guys. Did you guys speak about open mic nights? I mean, that's another thing. I don't
0: think you've done one recently, right? Huh?
2: We Not stopped before COVID, okay. um, but there was also amazing times there because we just started it. It was quite a thing in Cape Town There, No pay, people just walk in, so you never know if you get 10 people or two or 50. Um that was a chance to meet young, starting art musicians. Some of them were not so much starting art, they were just looking for people to play. Well. A lot of them wanted to play in front but of this right. board that says, "All my supply store, because they could put it on their CV and they were the bad and the worse and the whatever, but they could go out and put it on their CVs and they wouldn't bring friends, they wouldn't bring anyone and they couldn't care, they just wanted their photo. That was fine, we knew that. But those evenings were sometimes also magic. I just want to touch on... on what shopping. is
0: so magic about them is that it, it, they, they proved the old theatre point, that there are only two truly profound and compelling forms it's of entertainment. The cookie. absolutely fucking awful and the truly sublime. And we were privileged. <laughs> we have been privileged, believe you me, to have had both. Oh, at Mainly of the less sublime kind in the... Uh, Uh, open mic things but what the hell everyone needs their 15 minutes of
2: fame Well some nights we were kind of having giggles in the kitchen and Richard had to sit here behind the sound disc with a straight face but again there was one particular band, Richard if you can bring that poster when you come back I went to the barley corn, and there was this group and they intrigued me called Six Gun Gospel, there were five of them on stage including a very charming charismatic girl on stage didn't sing too well but the stage personality and they sang old gospel blues from the 50s from pre-olver style like the real gospel that was happening in the church but with such passion and commitment and just happiness and i just sat there mesmerized by them and i thought i want them at all cafe and then he ran the whole open mic thing so i never knew really who he booked in and then to my amazement at the end of the gig they said, Thank you, thank you. And we want to tell you we're at the Alma Cafe next Wednesday night. And I was so excited to have them here. They came in here and hit this place like a bomb. Brilliant. They were often very badly out of tune, out of sync. They like were I didn't
1: understand that.
2: they were ex-road students who you had you a student bag. They had such a good time. And they asked us if they could come again. And Jonathan said, yeah, you can come in two Wednesdays again. Then I looked at them and I thought, regardless of the shortcomings, their vibe, their spirit, their absolute love for what they were doing and the audience reaction to them, because then they suddenly became a little band in Cape Town to follow. And because it was free gigs, people were streaming in here and they were all just young students, you know, very high energy. That American guy who played guitar, Ben, he was, yeah. So then we said to them, now, you've played here quite a few nights. We're going to now give you a proper show. And at that point, we were charging 140, including a meal. And they were so frightened. They said, you can't do this. And I said, watch me. We're going to do this. We're going to write you up in such a way that our supporters are going to want to see, see you. Because we were doing a lot of blues then, a huge amount of blues. And they were in that genre. So... They played that first night fully booked. We introduced them to our older audience. Everyone fell in love with them. And when the band broke up about two years later, I think, that was the poster that they created. So that was the their, Death their, Rattle. Their, their, their fi- and that final... night people stand here, sang along with them again, people very emotional. It was the end of the band. They their paths, they went into different directions. They all got jobs. They were all big people I now and adults. I think also, and I adults. mean, two of,
1: them, two of them were dating, and they also split up, so that didn't help matters.
2: <laughs> no, they didn't a crowd split pleaser. up. They went to Joburg together. Danila and Yeah, they went David. to Joburg together, yeah. He subsequently wrote a book. I mean, they've all done very well. Yeah. Murray was the... Um, the Right to Know Activist yeah. activists, Little Company was the head of that. I don't know if he's still heading it. But they were just a super group of young people. And, and that kind of thing that came from an open mic into full-on shows and becoming our little baby nice. blues band. An incubator yeah. space. Yes, yes. It was wonderful. It was just good.
0: So there you have it, the final words from Rita as we recap on a, an amazing journey down memory lane. Hope you've enjoyed this reflection and the discussions. Hope you've enjoyed the other episodes. If you haven't had a chance to check them out, please do. Go and listen to some of the Genesis stories of each of the artists that we've spoken to, as well as the reflections of Richard and Jono as part of that. It makes complete sense that we finish this episode with a reflection or a few songs, a few voices from the shambles. One of the shows from earlier in this year, John Ellis, Jono Tate and Richard Tate came together and gave us a smashing night. Hope you were there. Hope you enjoyed it.
3: We're the shambles, we're the shambles. Everything we do is shambles.
2: Yeah, we're the shambles, so oh, we're the shambles. We hope you come again next week. That got the best applause of all night. I was going
3: to say, we can't rehearse them at least, you can figure them out to ride them on the trot, you It's just like (laughs) country music isn't that fucking easy, right? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thanks very much. Thank you very, very much for uh, for being there. Thanks, dads, for going uh, the extra mile. Um, look after yourselves and look after one another. Please be safe out there. And be careful, and uh, be kind to yourself. Be kind to the next dude as well, just for the hell of it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care. Good night God bless. Thank you.